0: Make sure that you get your hands on Midwife Pip's Guide to a Positive Birth Book now and are empowered to have the birth experience that you deserve. Hello and welcome to the Pregnancy Wellness Podcast, hosted by me, Pip a practicing midwife who is on a mission to provide you with real evidence-based information about pregnancy, birth and the postpartum. Each episode I'll be joined by special guests and leading experts to equip you with all the information you need for an empowered journey from conception right through to motherhood. So with no further ado let's make a cuppa and get started with today's episode. So this episode is an absolute must listen for all parents. I don't think I've ever met a parent who hasn't at some point struggled with a newborn or a child who's having some difficulties with the concept of sleep. You need sleep and your child also needs sleep and it's essential to health. However, so many of us are lacking in it. I'm so delighted to be chatting with Tori, who is a fully qualified infant sleep consultant, specialising from newborns up to five years. Mummy to Freddie, who is nearly three, and Matilda, who has just turned one. Tori has learned firsthand how amazing but incredibly overwhelming this parenting journey is. Tori is also a member of the International Paediatric Sleep Association and has somehow also found time to train as a maternity practitioner, a baby massage instructor, and is the founder of This Parent Can, which offers a range of parenting packages to help build skills for some of the more challenging aspects of being a parent. Tori's approach as a baby sleep consultant is to provide parents with all the knowledge and confidence they need to be able to teach their baby how to be an independent sleeper, a skill for life. By working this way, she doesn't swoop in and offer a band-aid solution. Instead, Tori ensures parents have the tools they need to help their little one sleep well throughout their infant years, into childhood and beyond. I have no doubt that some life-improving knowledge bombs are about to land. So Tori, good evening and thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited for this chat and I will definitely be taking some notes because I feel like your knowledge needs to be spread far and wide to help parents all over. Oh, bless you. Well, thank you so much for having me, Pip. It's very nice to be on my first ever podcast yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting, um, and it's it's been great getting to chat to chat to different people like you. So it's brilliant. So I guess I'm kind of as intrigued, hopefully, as all of our listeners about this subject of how we can help improve sleep of everybody. Because obviously, by improving it for children, we're going to improve it for parents, which is a massive win all round. Mm-hmm. And when we think about kind of, I guess, sleep and routines around sleep, is there kind of an appropriate age that we should be kind of thinking about it? And is there kind of an amount of sleep in terms of hours that children should be getting kind of judging by their ages?
1: So in terms of sort of creating a routine, um, I get asked this a lot. And when's the right age? When's the wrong age? Um, and as I say to all my clients um, and sort of every parent that I speak to, there is no right or wrong time. It's just got to sort of work for you, work for your little one and work for your family dynamic. So if it worked for Gladys down the road, great. It doesn't necessarily mean it has to work for you. Saying that, if you did want to get into a routine, um, the earliest that you um, probably should look to start is around six weeks. So those first six weeks, so from sort of bringing baby home from hospital and then you, you've got those first six weeks of sort of brand new baby, brand new parents. And I think it's so important not to put any pressure on yourself, take each day as it comes, get that skin on, skin on, um, you know, watch as many Netflix programs as as you can, establish feeding, however way that that might be and then if you think at six weeks actually you know feeding's going really well baby's gaining weight really well you know we're all all fit and healthy um then that's when you can start look at sort of creating a good routine um and the way to do that at a really young age is looking at the um bath and bedtime routine so setting up a consistent calm bath time so you'd say you wanted your baby to be in bed by seven um, so you'd go up for bath at six you'd make sure you do that every night at the same time you'd have a lovely bath like calming but playful um get them out of the bath obviously dry them off um, give them a, a baby massage it doesn't have to be like an hour just sort of a 10 minute tummy massage just to get any of that trap wind out um, and help them sort of move, move things along. Um, then go into the room where they are going to be sleeping for the night, have that all set up in, um, in sort of nighttime mode, um, give them a full feed um, and make sure that they're fully winded because a baby, especially of that age, who is hungry or who has wind will not, not go to sleep. Um, and then put them in their sleeping bag or in their swaddle um, and then ideally put, put them to sleep. Um, so that would be the, the earliest, but as I said, there's no right or wrong wrong age to start whatsoever. So it's just so important that it works
0: for for you and your family dynamic. If only babies were born knowing the difference between day and night, it'd be so much easier. Oh my that? god, I know. I know that? That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: And that's another thing that you can start thinking about. um as parents of, of newborns, um, is sort of during the day, um, making sure that you know it's very light. There's lots of conversation happening. There's no hush voices. You know, lots of stimulation. Sort of chatting during feeds, um, and then at night time, you know, obviously sometimes babies are sort downstairs with us. But making sure that the lights are low, the TV volume's on low. Um, it's very much sort of separating the two, so they they get to understand that daytime is is sort of awake time and nighttime is 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 for sleeping. Um, because yeah, they, they need to get that body clock in <laughs> intact, don't they?
0: Yeah, for sure. That's really, that's really good advice actually, Tori, because when you talk about kind of night mode for the, the room that the baby's gonna be sleeping in. So that kind of, I guess, quieter noise. Um, and the the lighting that you spoke about is there anything else that kind of you've you found in your experience that kind of helps set that kind of scene and that differential from from kind of daytime
1: yeah so having sort of as I said set in night mode so as dark as possible um so our sleep hormones they're called melatonin and melatonin basically needs darkness to thrive um so we want you know newborn up um baby's room to be as dark as possible um also um some babies love to be swaddled um so swaddling them i'm a massive fan of a um, company called love to dream this is no way an ad Um, (laughs) and but because some parents get a bit nervous around swaddling so this is basically a sleeping bag but their arms are kind of up by their ears so they're kind of they feel quite cocooned um, but you haven't got the worry that the swaddle might rise up sort of over their face or anything like that. Um, also, white noise as well is... I'm a massive, massive fan of white noise. Um, so those of you who don't know, white noise is essentially just a shh sort of noise. Um, and it replicates the noise that babies would hear in the womb. Um, so that's a really lovely way of settling, settling a little one. Um, but just a top tip making sure that it's continuous throughout the night rather than because I know that some products the white noise comes on for 20 minutes and that's great you're going to get your baby into a deep sleep um but then once they wake up out of the sleep cycle which we can get to a bit later um then they're going to be searching for that white noise to get themselves back to sleep um, and if it's not on continuously um then you're going to have to intervene one way or another
0: that's an amazing tip. And I suppose it's kind of creating the environment they were used to in the womb, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. they were used to that dark and that noise and and the and kind of, panten, you know, yeah. secure. and I guess coming out as a baby when you've been used to being all kind of curled up and cuddled up to then come out into this crazy, bright, um, noisy environment where you've kind of got your arms flapping around is, it's kind yeah. of intimidating, isn't it? So it's, it's kind of, I guess, mimicking what they've been used to, to try yeah. and keep them comfortable.
1: Absolutely. And also um, what you might find is some babies. well, actually all babies are, are born with it, but some it affects some more than others. It's the startle reflex. I think it's called the, the mo- monoreflex. I could be wrong. Um, but, you know, when you sort of put them down, they kind of startle themselves awake because their arms are sort of, um, sort of jigging up and down. And that's why swaddling is a really, again, a nice way to kind of keep them cocooned and stop them from startling themselves awake.
0: That's a great tip. And I um love the the what was the name of the company you suggested? Love to dream. Love to dream. Because there's yeah. it's definitely that the kind of safe sleeping ap- aspect mm. is really important. And for any mums that have kind of got any queries over that, there's a great website called the Lullaby Trust that can talk you through kind of safe, safe sleeping yeah. practices if if that's something you want to look into. But yeah, we're kind are, of
1: they are amazing. And I would recommend all new mums um and dads to just just to check them out just to have a look at the safe sleeping um because they go into a lot of detail and it's really clearly laid out so you, you can it's, it's quite simple to pick up on what what they're trying to achieve um because yeah safe, safe sleeping is is obviously key and critical so
0: yeah definitely they've got some lovely little infographics haven't they? that are just really straightforward yeah. and user-friendly yeah. which is we like simple especially sleep deprived <laughs> right. yeah. so we kind of said six weeks is kind of your earliest yeah kind of to start thinking about a routine if that suits your lifestyle and that's something that you're interested in is there kind of a a later time Tori, where you start to think oh dear parents haven't got into a routine this could make things a bit more tricky going forward or is it kind of individual um
1: not necessarily i think that it's really important for i think As mums, especially as mums, we're all sort of told, especially with our first baby, oh, you know, you better get your sleep in now because you're never going to sleep again. Um, Sleep's going to be a distant memory, all of that kind of stuff. And I think it's really important for us to remember that sleep is like a a natural process for living creatures. All living creatures need need sleep. Um, And some little ones may just need a little nudge in the right direction. so now I don't think there's ever a wrong age to think, oh God, you know, he or she's really not sleeping, but it's too late and that's just life that, you know, there are always steps that you can take to, to improve it. Um, I do tend to see from the clients that I, I work with early on, the earlier you start, the sort of, the less hiccups you have along the way obviously with infant sleep it's ever changing this that their sleep needs change along the way um but if you sort of set up the good sleep foundation but i hate saying good and bad but the 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 right sleep foundations from the start um then those hiccups probably won't be as hard as if the sleep foundations aren't
0: aren't there I love that and I guess it's really important for parents that if they do get these like hiccups along their kind of sleep preparation journeys with their baby that they don't feel kind of guilty like they've done something wrong I guess it's recognizing that this is a massive learning curve for all of you.
1: Absolutely it's it's, you know it it is massive and also I think that there's just not the information out there it's it's not that widely sort of given or, or received you know we're given a lot of information about, um, pregnancy, about birth, um, about feeding, um, which is critical and key, but, you know, feeding and sleep goes, goes hand in hand, you know, for, for, for a newborn and for little babies, um, feeding is such a, a physical task that they need sleep to build up their energy to feed properly again. Um, so yeah, I, I find it a bit frustrating when, you know, I, my clients said oh well I just assumed that this this was life now and it's like well it really doesn't have to be um it's just you know it's it's just got to work work for you and and your family dynamic
0: yeah for sure and it's, it's essential for parents as well for their recovery and their wellness mm-hmm. that they're also getting opportunity to sleep so if you've got a baby that's never sleeping then it's a it's a whole family uh problem yeah, isn't it quite quickly definitely, definitely yeah it's uh it can be very very disruptive and, and crippling um to to everyone involved so yeah i so, for sure know that i am not the best version of myself when i have not had enough sleep well none,
1: none of us are are we Oh, you know, uh, you can't hardly string a sentence together when you're when you're exhausted. You know, you know if you've had a, a few glasses of wine on a Thursday night and then have to go into work on a Friday, you're never going to be sort of at, at your full. Um, obviously, you wouldn't do that as a, as a midwife. Um.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'd be working the Thursday night instead of having, <laughs> instead of having glasses of wine. <laughs>
1: yeah, if you imagine that um, on top of, you know, you 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 feel a bit sort of funny after a night out and and not not much sleep but if you if you're doing that minus drinking every night for three four weeks maybe months of course you're not going to be able to function properly because you're you know we we need sleep to to thrive and survive
0: yeah definitely and it's really interesting actually Tori because as you said like we give all this information out to our postnatal mums about their wound recovery and their feeding and safe sleeping but we don't actually talk about how they're going to get their baby to sleep we kind of just take that for granted don't we and then all yeah. of a sudden it becomes an issue later down the yeah. line that we've just not addressed
1: yeah absolutely you know I would love um and maybe in the future uh, to sort of be a part of of sort of I don't know a postnatal teams giving giving advice to to mums on on sleep and just have it included in that kind of setup um because I just think it's so so important for everybody involved
0: and I think mums would be very grateful for that too somehow (laughs) kind of a certain amount of sleep that um babies and, and newborns should be getting in say like a 24 hour period because obviously they don't sleep like daytime no, and nighttime.
1: No, so again this all changes with age um so take a six to 12 week old um they would ideally be having 12 hours at night and that is obviously including the feeds that, that they will need um and around about five to six hours during the day That would be the ideal. Um, And then, you know, for a seven to nine month old, they would need again, 12 hours at night and then sort of between two to three hours during the day. So it really sort of chops and changes as as they get older. So they still need that solid 12 hours um, at night, but the sleep that they need during the day kind of just gets less and less as they get older.
0: Okay, yeah, fine. And then obviously they're waking up in the night for their feeds, but is that kind of just part of that 12 hours because we're not assuming that's going to take...
1: I would say from sort of six, well, from newborn up to... I mean, every baby is different, but probably up to around six months, um, then you it, you can pretty much guarantee that a little one is, is going to need to be fed. You Some babies, you know, at six weeks are like, no, I'm fine, I'm done. I don't, you know, I don't need feeding. And obviously, if they're back up to their birth weight and there's no health issues, um then that's fine during during the night. Um, but m- majority of children, once they have started weaning and they're on three, four meals a day, they're weaning well. Um, there's protein in their diet as well. Um, obviously, they're gaining the correct amount of weight and there's no underlying health issues. And from around about six months, you can, you can expect them to be able to go throughout the night um, without a feed. Um, and also, if once they um, weigh... 12 pounds or over then they can go um eight hours at night without a feed
0: oh brilliant that's that's a handy tip to know
1: that's why some parents decide to um to bring in a dream feed so dream feeders, um, so you've obviously done the um, bath and bedtime routine. They've had a bottle or a breastfeed um, at seven. They're fully fed. Um, and then just before you guys go up to bed um, around sort of 10, 30, 11-ish at night, you would then go in, um, pick them up out of the cot and, and feed them. Um, they would obviously still, still be asleep. Um, and that works really, really well for some children. And that just sort of stretches them around to, to 7 a.m. in the morning others you may find it disrupts their sleep cycles a little bit um and they might actually wake up a little bit more so it's it's very much dependent on 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 your little one and it's kind of a little bit of trial
0: and error yeah, definitely. We're all individuals, aren't we? And as yeah, a new definitely. mum, you're getting to know your baby and what works for them. And it's never yeah. going to be kind of a one size fits all. It's a bit like well, give yeah. it a go. If it works, great. If not, let's reevaluate. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But I would say with anything,
1: just 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 give it a little bit of time. You know, if one night it doesn't work, don't just you know, say, "Oh, that's you know, not going to work for, the, for for my little one." I'm going to move on give it sort of a good five to seven days um, and then re because they do sometimes take a little bit of time to to adjust.
0: Yeah sure okay and then I suppose if we move to maybe slightly older children mm-hmm. um, when should they kind of stop napping when can we kind of expect that to sort of dwindle?
1: So it's usually um between sort of two to three years, and um, that's when they no no longer need need a nap um so napping how it works is um they start off um around three months with um three daytime naps. So there'll be a morning nap, a lunchtime nap, and a late afternoon nap. Um, The first nap to be dropped is the late afternoon nap and that's around about six to nine months. Um, And then the morning nap is a second one to go and that's around about 12 to 16 months, usually sort of on the sort of 12, um, 13, 14 months month side of things. And then the lunchtime nap um, you'll see being dropped around about two to three years old. And it's, you know, it's usually for sort of younger children around about two to two and a half hours is the ideal um, and then as they obviously get older and sort of heading towards two years um, that might drop down to an hour and a half and then it might drop down to an hour um, and then they might just be doing sort of 45 minutes and then all of a sudden well it, it happens quite gradually but they will just start to fight it and fight it and fight it and fight it um, or they're just sort of waking even earlier um, in the morning or completely fighting fighting bedtime um, and that they could be signs that they're ready to cut cut that season sadly for us all yeah I know my little boy cut it um at the beginning of lockdown um (laughs) and I was like no (laughs) not
0: not now (laughs) (laughs) he knew he knew what was coming (laughs) (laughs) he did not want to miss the the news headlines
1: (laughs) no (laughs) he didn't want to miss Boris Johnson's (laughs) updates
0: I love it. And I suppose for those kind of naps, are we thinking the same kind of um night mode environment that we discussed for the nighttime?
1: Yes, definitely. And again, I think this is where um parents are kind of told mixed messaging um but we want to kind of replicate that that sleep mode basically so darkness white noise if they're in a sleeping bag put them in a sleeping bag if they're in a swaddle put them in a swaddle um you know really calming environment um and yeah just all all set up for sleep
0: basically amazing and then if children or babies aren't getting enough sleep what are the sort of things we can look for i mean i'm guessing grumpiness might be on the list or
1: yeah. sort of. Well, some, some children, you just won't, you, they, you, you might not see, see a difference. Um, but yeah, sort of, um, grumpy, cranky, clingy, um, with, with slightly older children, sort of more tantrum um, you might also find that they kind of, younger children, especially, they sort of have this like gaze look in their eye and they kind of look off to the, to the distance and they can't really focus on very, on very much. Um, and then uh, Sort of on the opposite end, sort of slightly older children. They might just seem a bit wired um, and just like really hyperactive, and so far from you, you thinking that they're tired because they are, they are literally bouncing off the wall. Um, but they they're just sort of in a hyperactive state basically, and they don't quite know what to do with themselves because they're just
0: they're just over, overtired. I think we can all appreciate those feelings. To be fair, is that yeah, exactly. we? <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> and then certainly. I mean, I do this, Tori. I appreciate I'm not a newborn baby anymore. But when I'm sleep deprived, I eat my sleep. So I will eat more food because I don't really know what to do and I'm tired. Mm. Do babies kind of do the same? Will they be... Will they eat more because they're sleep deprived or they're a bit more sensible than us? What, what,
1: <laughs> <laughs> what you might find is, as I said, so babies, um, feeding for babies is a really sort of physical task. However, they're fed, breast or bottle. Um, so they obviously need rest to A, put on weight, babies put, put on weight in their sleep. Um, so that's why sleep is so key um, to, to newborns as well as older children. Um But you might just find that they haven't got the energy to get a full feed. um, And that's sort of where cluster feeding can come in. Um, You know, I have had um, spoken to to mums of of newborns who say, you know, I'm I'm trying to get them into a three hour feeding schedule, um, but I'm really struggling, especially towards the the end of the day or sort of into the night around sort of 6 pm to to 10 pm, I'm just solidly, solidly feeding. Um, And that is really, really common. um, And obviously, We want to encourage it, especially if you're you're breastfeeding, encourage them to the breast as much as possible. But um, if you're exhausted as a mum and you're breastfeeding, you're not going to be able to get get your milk supply up because, one, you're exhausted and, two, your little one's just constantly attached to you. Um, So what I always say to my newborn clients, if they are happy to, um, just to give – their baby, uh, something from a bottle, whether that's ex- expressed milk or, or formula milk. Um, and this doesn't have to be, you know, f- forever, if they didn't want it to be. Um, but just to give give baby, make sure baby is full so baby can go to sleep and um, rest and build up some more energy to, to latch on again. And also just to give mum a break and, again, get some sleep and get her, her milk supply back up. Um, so that's, yeah, again, why sleep is just so so
0: key to, to, to every aspect of, of of life however old you are really um yeah for sure and to mental health as well isn't it because yeah. sleep sleep deprivation especially in that postnatal period when your hormones are all yeah. over the place yeah um, can be just so crippling can't it so it yeah. is so important
1: yeah definitely um you know i th- th- how i sort of started this parent can um is when i had freddie my eldest um he was a awful, awful sleeper, um, and we went through the four-month sleep regression, progression, whatever you want to call it, um, and he was waking, I say, every 45 minutes to an hour um, overnight, and I did that for about three weeks, um, and it got to the point where I was in a traffic jam, um, and I was trying to move lanes. He was screaming in the car, and um, I actually went into the back of someone, like a teeny, tiny prang. It wasn't everything, you know, too serious, but... I just I, that was it then I was like I, enough I need to get this sorted because I can't continue like this um he can't continue like this and um yeah so I, I completely sympathize with any parent who is being affected by by sleep deprivation because it, it is as you say crippling to every like you know mental health physical health every, every aspect another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check
0: Yeah, for sure. So what the, the four-month sleep regression, Tori, what does that kind of involve? Is a, I know it's extensive, but a kind of a summary. Yeah. So in summary, um, basically, you
1: know, at, at four months, there's a lot going on developmentally for a little one. Um, also, you know, teething comes into play around then as well. Um, but at four months, their sleep baby sleep pattern changes. So it starts to develop, it starts to mature, um, and they get really familiar with how they're falling to, to sleep basically so if they are being fed to sleep and uh, if they're being rocked to sleep if they're being held to sleep um or if they're if you're, you're co-sleeping um and then you put them down and they're they're asleep fine and then what they will do is they'll go through one sleep cycle so a sleep cycle is we all we all do it as as humans um it involves a cycle of deep sleep a cycle of light sleep, and then a transitional period. So during that transitional period as adults, um, this is when we might wake up and have a drink. We might wake up and go to the loo. We might wake up and not remember it at all and just go straight back into another sleep cycle. But what some babies can't do is they can't link those sleep cycles. So at four months, they obviously become very aware of how they're being put to sleep. So for Freddie, he was being fed to sleep. So every 45 minutes to an hour, he was waking because he needed to be fed to sleep to get himself back to sleep. Um, So that's sort of what happens in a nutshell. There's a lot lot more science to it um, around four months. and that's why you know you, you everyone sort of dreads it um, because it's it's a change for life. Um, it's not going to you know it's not going to revert back to to normal. It's it's sort of there there for good.
0: Okay, so so for Freddie, it was the trigger for him was feeding, which is obviously yeah. a massive tie to you because if you're breastfeeding, you're the only one that can do exactly. that, which exactly. is really tri- tricky. Yeah. So, is there ways of triggering other things to be there? Their kind of. Um, sleep trigger as opposed yes, to feeding
1: definitely and those things i've mentioned um before so white noise is brilliant if it's continuous um, and say if they had a dummy and dummies get a bit of a brad rep um but they're really good if you've got a slightly reflux baby um, or a baby who just likes to suck um but again around four months what you might find is um when the dummy falls out because it usually does in their sleep, they, they try and reach, they, they can't reach for it and put it back in. So you're having to go in every sleep cycle, put the dummy back in. Um, so um, I, I was, I think the lullaby tries to recommend around six months. You can introduce a comforter. Um, and it, so a comforter is kind of, it's it's like a, it's like a muslin cloth um, with like a little animal on it um, just make sure that there's no like buttons or long fur that they can sort of get s- sort of stuck in the back of their throats and that can be a really good way um, to sort of remove the dummy as a sleep association or or you um because you know it's just something that they can sort of hold on to they can suck um what i would what i say to my clients is you sleep with it for the first couple of nights um breastfeeding mums chuck it down your bra you know get make it smell of you so they are they're going to find comfort comfort
0: in it yeah, that's a brilliant tip, isn't it? So they feel yeah. like you're you're there, yeah. but you're not. You're asleep, yeah. Yeah, which you're is asleep. great. <laughs> I love it. And I suppose through kind of, if you're think, having trouble with your baby sleeping at night, are there kind of things you can do throughout the course of the day that might help to improve that later on?
1: Yeah, I mean, day so sleep, breathe, sleep. So getting making sure that your little one is having the correct amount of. Daytime sleep for their age is going to play a massive part in nighttime sleep Um, because if they're overtired, overstimulated, they're going to be really hard to settle. So for example, at six months, um, say if they're waking up at seven, um, they would go down for their morning nap around 9, 9.15, um, and you're aiming that to be around an hour, um, and then they'd have their lunchtime nap around 12, 12.15, and that would be around about two to two and a half hours, um, and then they'd have their late afternoon sleep at around 4.30, probably for about 20-30 minutes um, and at that age the, the late afternoon sleep will be the toughest to, to get out of them because they're kind of going through a, a nap transition. Um, yeah sleep we sleep um, and, and nailing the daytime naps is is key to, to um, bedtime sleep basically.
0: That's really good to know, because I think sometimes you think, oh, if he's not going to sleep at night, then it must be that we're oversleeping in the day. But actually, like you said, if sleep's breeding sleep, then it's really important to yeah. get those fundamental sleeps in during the day um, rather mm-hmm. than skipping them.
1: Exactly. And I don't think that I have spoken to uh, a client yet whose little one is is um, having problems at night because they're having too much sleep during the day. Usually it's,
0: it's, it's too little, so... Amazing that's that's definitely a a good tip so I imagine there's probably lots of parents out there thinking the opposite because that's how we would treat ourselves isn't it? Yeah exactly exactly. And then I know one of the other very common issues that parents can have around sleep is getting a child to sleep in their own bed Mm -hmm. Um, so are there any tips or things in your experience that have helped to combat that?
1: So for sort of tiny babies so for sort of six weeks plus it is really common for them to want to sleep on on us um so again what I always recommend to my clients is you know do the swaddle create that really sort of like wombly homely feel to them basically um also sleeping um with the, um, mattress cover, obviously not with the baby in it, but again, so it's, it smells like you. Um, if you're a breastfeeding mum, spraying a little bit of breast milk on, um, on sort of where the area that, that they're sleeping, um, and for, for some younger babies, making sure that they're, <coughs> excuse me, fully fed and fully winded, um, because they will not, not sleep, um, without those two things being being done um and for older ones it's just being consistent um and you know pushing them down in in their cot awake um and you know leaving the room and also it's really important to remember that little ones do tend to cry themselves to to, to sleep and I'm not talking about screaming I'm just talking about having a bit of a wail here and there sort of having a bit of a cry up and then they'll go quiet for a bit and kind of grumble a little bit and then you know they and it might be on and off for sort of five ten minutes um And that is purely just them trying to get themselves off to sleep. It's basically, if you've had a really stressful day and you get into bed and you turn to your partner and you have a bit of a chat um, about how awful your boss is, and then you kind of instantly feel better and you kind of go to sleep, basically babies are just trying to de-stress from the day, have a bit of a chat, have a bit of a moan, and then they're kind of drift drift off um and as parents we kind of were told that if your little one is is kind of is crying then you need to go to them straight away um but I always say just wait and just listen and just see you know is that crying asking for you or is that crying just half-hearted and they're just trying to settle themselves
0: yeah that's that's a good tip maybe have a little seat outside the door so you don't yeah, feel yeah, like that. you've walked away but yeah. you're just there just in case yeah <laughs> And then with
1: with toddlers, again, be consistent, set those clear boundaries um, and be firm but fair. And yeah you know they they can negotiate themselves out of anything toddlers so just you know set those those really really clear boundaries and stick to them and they will soon sort of realize who who's in charge they're
0: much cleverer than we think aren't they they? (laughs) they're definitely the boss in the household yeah yeah (laughs) without a doubt without a doubt is that so for some parents troy that are um super super lucky and i have got access to someone like yourself with the, mm-hmm. the sleep consultant qualifications for those who haven't got that access is there any kind of resources and things that you would point parents in the direction of um i'm going to do a
1: shameless plug here Fine, <laughs> but I, have, I, have, I have a look at my instagram account because i do try and give as much free content as i possibly possibly can um you know, I do free downloads um, of how much sleep a little one should have at a certain age. Um, I talk about awake windows, um, <clears throat> excuse me. And um, so awake, I've got a free download of, of awake windows as well. Um, and awake windows, for those of you who don't know, is is, is basically um, how long your little one should be awake for until they go down for their next sleep. Um, and I find using these better than watching out for sleep cues um, so for for example a five-month-old awake one day would be two hours um, so if they wake up at seven they need to go down down at, at nine for their for their morning sleep um, and then a nine-month-old it's between sort of two and a half to, to three three and a half hours um, so it chops and changes quite sort of drastically as as they get older um, Another book that I love um, and worked really well for me was My Baby Week by Week. I don't know if you've heard, heard of that one. Um, but that gives quite a clear breakdown of, of eating and sleeping and sort of how to gently get them into quite a good little sleeping routine. Um, but, yeah, there's lo- there are loads of, loads of books out there and there's a lot of conflicting information. And I think it's just sort of finding something that works for you and your and your family dynamic
0: yeah, definitely. It's really interesting what you say about the conflicting information, I think that's really common amongst lots of um, healthcare advice, especially when it comes to pregnancy, postpartum, and newborn care. So use social media, because like Tori said, it's an amazing, amazing platform, but be a little bit wary. Make sure that the information you're accessing from a certain page is from someone with proper credentials. And don't be afraid to message that person and just say like, what are your qualifications, what Absolutely. is your experience, because someone who is fit to give you the information will be more than happy to share exactly. that.
1: Yeah, and also having a look on Google and just making sure that they've got some, like, Google reviews and things like that, um, and as you say, just making sure you, know, you message them and, 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 and ask the questions and also asking if they're insured as well um, because you, you won't be
0: able to get insur- insurance if you haven't got qualifications, so brilliant and um Tori's Facebook page um Instagram page sorry will be linked in the bio for the podcast so absolutely check that out because she has got some amazing free resources um and I know you're always welcome to uh, always up for chatting through things with parents to kind of Definitely. help them on this sleep yeah. venture because it is just so fundamental isn't it yeah um,
1: and, it's, and it is a bit of a minefield you know it, it, once you sort of think you've cracked one stage and they, they change to another um um, and yeah, as I said, there's so much conflicting information out there um, and it can be really daunting and, and, and overwhelming. And I like to pride myself on kind of cutting through all of that and making it as clear, as concise, as straightforward um, and as as
0: user friendly as, as possible. And I guess the more simple it is, the easier it is to be yeah. consistent, because if you're oh. constantly flitting between different things, then your child is just as confused yeah. As, yeah. as you are, really.
1: Yeah, yeah. And with anything, as I said, it does take a little bit of time and consistency is just, is, is key and it's critical because if something is not consistent, then they're just going to get confused. Um, and, you know, you think it's it's one way one day and another way the next and not kind of really know, know where they stand. Yeah,
0: definitely. And Tori, I wonder, just in regards to with your experience, do you find that parents tend to come to you as a couple or does it tend to be one over the other? Because I just wonder whether if you've got two... I guess, maybe slightly clashing techniques over sleep, whether that can sometimes cause a little bit of difficulty and how we can kind of overcome that.
1: Yeah. So I tell, it tends to be mums who who come to,
0: to me. Um,
1: and I think that's just usually because it's you know mums are on are usually on maternity leave
0: um
1: and it and it is quite funny that uh, you know I I, I speak to the clients like I'll go I'll go and check with my husband but I already know what he's going to say um and I was like well you tell him to do a week a week of what you're doing and then (laughs) and see what he says um but I think it's 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 so important for both parents to be on the same page because if mum's doing it one way dad's doing it the other um it's just it's just not going to work um so you know that's why i I, with with me i would write down everything that we've spoken about um provide like a bespoke plan a bespoke routine um, and you know a sleep coaching method that the whole family is is happy with so they both have something to to refer to um because yeah if there's just no point in in trying to make changes if if it's going to be conflicting
0: yeah think that's a really good idea because that way you're kind of building something that's individualized for that family yeah. and we know every family is different people finish work at different times so the yeah. fact that you can give that kind of bespoke plan is is amazing isn't it yeah. Yeah. that's a really great service we are all very grateful for people out there like you to it. <laughs> and with that with that teamwork yeah. so for kind of everyone that comes on my podcast story I always ask for five top tips so what would be your kind of five top tips for new parents that kind of want to try and avoid any sleep issues as their baby grows up I know you could probably give way more than five but
1: <laughs> <laughs> um so I would say first of all um creating a really good feeding routine and feeding schedule um, and that can take a little bit of time um, and I think you know there's a lot of stigma around um, what if your breast if your baby's breastfed then they won't they won't sleep um, I can tell you now hand on heart whether your baby is breastfed or formula fed or however way they are fed they are capable of sleeping so please any any mums out there please do not do not think that um, if you're breastfeeding that they won't sleep because that is just just not the case um, setting up a really safe um and sleep promoting sleep environment is just key um and that's sort of everything that we've talked about so darkness um white noise obviously making sure that it's not too hot and not too cold um i think the lullaby trust say that the best temperature is around about 19 degrees um and you know using a swaddle um or a sleeping bag whatever your preference is and just um yeah just making sure that they kind of know um that this environment is is set up for sleep um, i think number 2 would be creating a really good bath and bedtime routine um because you know, that's kind of the first step to the routine that you want to do um and you know as i said it's bath time calming but fun um drying them a little bit of massage getting them into their sort of temperature appropriate uh, pajamas Um, giving them a really good feed, um, winding them, putting them in their sleeping bag or swaddle. um, And then I always say, read them a little story. It doesn't have to be the complete works of Shakespeare, um, but just babies and, you know, all all children love to hear the sound of their parents' voice. It's very calming. It's very soothing for them. Um, And then I like to sing them a little song. So usually twinkle, twinkle, little star. And then saying a sort of bedtime sentence. So, you know, it's bedtime now. Mummy and daddy love you. Give them a kiss and and pop them down. And just doing that kind of from the get-go, they will start to really recognise that those signs are building up for... Um, for, for sleep and for nighttime. Um, and it's the same with nap times as well. Um, so, obviously, you're not going to do the bath or the pyjamas, but having that bed, that sort of nighttime routine or set up, um, putting them in their sleeping or swaddle bag, um, you know, reading them a little story, singing the song, saying the, the sleep time sentence, and pushing them down. And again, they will just start to recognise this routine um, and start to understand that, you know, after this has happened, it's, it's, time, it's time for bed. Um, what uh, number three I think I'm on um would be <laughs> all right, I'm not good at <laughs> counting. I, 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 I could talk about this all day, so you might have to stop me. Yes. Um, um number three would be understanding awake windows and as I said, the, the time um in between naps and things, um, because sometimes and, and m- 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 most of the time getting the awake windows right means that you're going to be promoting sleep and your baby is not going to be overtired, so they should settle quicker. Um, and that's obviously what, what we're aiming for. Um, number four would be getting the daytime naps, right. Um, as I said, sleep, we sleep having the right daytime naps for the right age will help you so much, um, with bedtime and, and nighttime sleep. So <clears throat> sort of smashing those is, um, is, is absolutely key. Um, and then finally just being consistent and concise and, um, you know, we're we're sort of creatures of habit aren't we so the more that our bodies do things at the same time every day they kind of prepare for it and they get better at it so you know if your baby's being fed at the same time every day their body's going to start to expect it they're going to start getting ready for it um and they're going to sort of process that better and it's the same with sleep as well um there's you know if you go to sleep at the same time you know it's like for us if we go to the t- bed at the same time every night and wake up in the morning at the same time you know we're, it it works our body seems to work a lot better um and it's the same same with 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 children um and also make waking them up at the same time every day however rough the night has been um so if you know if you're going for a seven to a seven routine than waking them up at seven, you know, lights on, curtains up, good morning. Um again, you're kickstarting that body clock um and you can kind of set the day up for how you mean to go on then.
0: That's a really good brilliant tip actually Tori because I can imagine if you have had a really rough night, then the temptation is they finally yeah. gone to sleep albeit quarter past six but, yeah, yeah. but actually sticking to that routine and that consistency is is obviously really really important to getting yeah. success for the consecutive nights exactly exactly and the other thing Tori that I know um parents quite often resort to is things like taking the baby in the car or walking with a pram and that kind of movement to try and initiate sleep is that kind of something that tends to work or does it cause more complications longer term? So, so again, you know, if... And
1: again, not all babies are are the same. But if your little one is used to falling, you know, being driven to sleep, basically, and then um, all of a sudden the next thing they know, they're waking up and they're they're in the in their cot. Obviously, it's going to be confusing for them. It's almost like us falling asleep in our bed and waking up in the swimming pool. Um, you know, you're going to be a bit like, well, You know, where am I? What what's going on? Um, so, you know, if you're looking to set up a routine um, and you're looking to sort of get them to to nap in in their in their cot and that's where you want them to be um then doing those those naps and things in the cot is going to be the best place for it but saying that um obviously flexibility is is key to to our lives um so if you're looking to set up a routine i would set aside 10 days to 2 weeks of absolutely smashing it at home just being really consistent consistent with your timings consistent with your approach and then once they're napping like a champion and sleeping like a champion at night then of course you can be a little bit more flexible and you know if if you're driving down to see granny and grandpa um then you know trying to leave for for a nap time so you know that they will sleep in the car is you know is, is a good good one if you're going out to lunch with your nct friends um but they usually they usually asleep by twelve. You know, putting them down in in their buggy at twelve o'clock at the same time, trying to replicate that sleep environment. So using a snooze shade to make it dark. You know, maybe using your phone for, for white noise. Um, and yes, there might be a bit of rocking with the pram. Um, but if you've got a really good routine set up, then it's not going to cause too, too much of an issue if it's just sort of here here and there. Um, and also, if daytime naps have been awful and not sort of not as good as they usually are just bring bedtime forward just an earlier bedtime you know if my if my little ones haven't you know we've been out and about and they haven't slept very well um and they're usually asleep by seven and they've had you know an hour sleep rather than three i would just put them down at six um and you know, it does it doesn't cause them to wake up any earlier it just makes makes sure that they're not going down
0: overtired so you'd still wake them up at seven in the morning but you're just putting them to bed that little bit to make up for that that's in the day that's brilliant because so many mums will take their baby for a drive out of desperation and then you're in a position where you've got home, you're sat on the driveway and you dare move the baby yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. so you're then like sat on your driveway like a prisoner for the next two hours what
1: do I do and I just think it's really important you know as I can remember with with Freddie being like, I am the only one who's going through this. I'm the only one who's, you know, pulling my hair out at 3 a.m. because I don't know what to do. Um, but you're, you know, I'm not, and you're you as as parents are are not. Like everyone goes through this. Um and everyone, you know, thinks they're alone, but you're you're definitely not. And always just, just speak about it, you know, seek support if you want to seek support. Um, asking for help is definitely not a sign for weakness. Um and yeah, we're,
0: we're you know we're all all in the same boat us, us parents together. So, and that's another way social media can be super yeah. amazing because yeah. it can make you realize actually everyone out there is is kind of struggling. Yeah. But yeah. it can also be that awful source of comparison when someone puts up that picture of their beautifully sleeping baby that slept yeah. all night and they've got yeah. a full face of makeup and you're tearing yeah. your hair out. Yeah. Yeah. So but sometimes. Often-
1: yeah, but you don't know what's going on, you know, behind the scenes. That that photo could be well cropped. Um, you know, that is just a, like a 10-second snapshot of their day. Um, and I think I have to remind myself of that sometimes because I'm like, how do these people have their, you know, their, their stuff together? And I'm here with like a naked toddler and the teething, screaming one-year-old um, <laughs> trying to leave the house. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're all in it together.
0: Absolutely, and, and yeah, so yeah, don't don't compare. If your if your baby's not sleeping, it's not a sign of of your parenting ability at all. It's just one yeah. of those wonderful little bumps in the road to being a mother. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love it. So, I, as I said, I will link Tori's um, Instagram page into the bio because there is some really amazing and um, free resources, and I know you're updating that really regularly. So, if you've got any any more in questions about infant sleep, please message Tori, not me, because she'll be significant. More helpful than I yeah, will be.
1: <laughs> I love it when people come and say hello. So, uh, yeah.
0: Amazing. And thank you so much for joining me this evening as well, Tori. It's been brilliant to chat. Um, and I'm sure over the upcoming years, I'll have more questions that I can hit you up with as well. <laughs> it's been lovely. Thank you so much, Pib. It's been brilliant. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I really hope that you enjoyed it. If you found it helpful then please hit subscribe and leave a review. It really does make a huge difference to the number of women we can reach out to and empower. For daily free information, inspiration or details on our bespoke antenatal education head over to my Instagram page at midwife pip. Thank you and see you next time.